1: you're listening to the huddle up podcast with chad jensen and zach kelberman join broncos country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off and now it's time to drop some knowledge welcome in everybody
2: to the huddle up podcast presented as always by mile high huddle and 24 7 sports i'm your host under the weather hanging in there chad jensen with me as always, my partner in crime. He is your Denver Broncos reporter for twenty four seven sports. He is Zach Kelberman. Zach, the last time we were able to come to our listeners on a pod, we were in a kind of between a rock and a hard place because yep. we had literally gone through all of Monday, day one of the tampering legal tampering period. Nothing happened. So we're like, Well, let's <laughs> get a pod in, you know. and literally we were I'm about to hit publish. Actually, no, I had just published the the podcast. And the news breaks on Kareem Jackson. So, it's just frustrating. Yeah, it was a tough spot because that's that tampering
0: period where deals can strike any time, and Elway is very predictable. I remember I was looking at my phone, and then I saw it on Twitter. They struck an agreement, and that was right after I just tweeted, you know, preaching patience, the Broncos will sign someone and not to get up in arms about it. And, you know, it ruined that pod chat,
2: but it made for some good content for us and now some good storylines for this pod. Yeah, there's a lot of ground to cover in podcast form. Of course, we've been dropping knowledge, writing, and blogging furiously on the website. You guys, hopefully your VIPs have been spending a lot of time on the MHH Insiders Forum because we've been bringing you every little piece and tidbit we can pick up since Monday. And uh, we'll talk more about it, but the Broncos aren't done. We've been getting a lot of questions. What's going on? Everything's quiet on the Western Front. The Broncos aren't done. There's more moves to be made. And we're going to get to some of that here in just a minute. We're going to talk about Kareem Jackson. We're going to talk about Juwan James. But first, and again, we're going to keep this one relatively short because uh, I literally had to sacrifice a goat to the football gods in order to have a voice to do this pod tonight. So I'm um, it. we're on borrowed time is the bottom line. So we're going to keep this short and sweet, to the point, drop some knowledge, But first, you guys, just real quick, make sure you're following the show on Twitter at HuddleUpPod. We've seen more and more of you funnel over to Twitter, and that's great. More and more of you need to continue to do that. If you haven't, take some time, leave that creative review, and give us a five-star rating on iTunes. We want to ensure that we are the most listened to, biggest, baddest podcast on the Broncos on iTunes. And you're the only ones that can make that happen. So if you haven't taken some time to do that and you're an iTunes listener, help us out. Take care of that business. All right, Zach, so let's roll it back. We, I mean, we do have quite a bit to get to. Joe Flacco, it's official. Keenum Trade's official, all that. But let's roll it back to Monday. And the last, again, we were able to talk to our listeners. Everything was kind of quiet. Deals were happening all over the NFL. But with the Broncos, things had been quiet publicly. But the first domino f- finally fell, and that came in the form of Kareem Jackson. Now, Jackson is... A player that we had talked about quite a bit on the podcast in the last month, month and a half or so. Because even though Zach, he's 31 years old, he's a phenomenal player. Now, he's never been to the Pro Bowl, but that's okay. He reminds me, actually, a lot of Chris Harris. Now, he's probably a little bit more versatile in terms of the safety, you know, application, what he can do as a safety. But what were your thoughts on the deal? Uh, what was it? Three years, $33 million? Yep.
0: What are yeah. your three- thoughts on
2: the deal and, and the move overall?
0: I liked it, but I know a lot of Broncos fans were waiting and refreshing furiously for Adrian Amos or Bryce Callahan. This one was kind of like the uh, the plan B. But the Broncos obviously saw something in him. and It takes a lot, I think, for Vic Fangio to bypass players he worked with in order to get a guy who's a little older but can do more on the field for them. You're essentially filling two two positions with one player. You're replacing Bradley Roby and Darian Stewart with Kareem Jensen. Phenomenal player. Um, consistent, reliable, knows where to be on the field, is good in coverage. It's a, it's a big upgrade for the Broncos' defense, but to me, they still have holes to fill. Uh, that secondary is far from complete, and like you said, Chad, I, I think they're far from done adding to it.
2: Yeah, and they've had a lot of business to kind of take care of, especially on Wednesday with the 2 o'clock you know, opening, dead not deadline, but the opening bell, so to speak, a free agency where they can actually close and consummate their trades and and their signings and get all that done 2 p.m. local time. That happened Wednesday. Now, that doesn't mean that Elway, Matt Russell, and his front office guys aren't still on the phones talking to agents, you know, keeping their finger on the pulse of what's going on around the league. They have their targets. More is coming in terms of the Broncos signing guys. But, yeah, I can understand why maybe they've been a little bit distracted Today We're recording this, obviously, Wednesday evening, but back to Kareem Jackson. So, it was an interesting piece that Carl Dummler of Building the Broncos published on the website. It was a VIP film room article on Kareem Jackson, and if you haven't had a chance, you VIPs, to go read that, I highly encourage you. He breaks down five different plays that highlight kind of the skill set and what Kareem Jackson brings to the table for Vic Fangio And here's kind of the main takeaway. I want to just summarize what Carl said. He said, look, I didn't get a play in. He's talking about the plays he showcased in the film article. He said, I didn't get a play in to showcase his work at safety in this breakdown, but I would highly encourage people if they get a chance to go back and watch some of the Texans defense from this past season and see how Houston moved Kareem Jackson all over the field. He was deadly, especially in the run game from the safety position. He showed an incredible ability to work through traffic and arrive in the hole with great discipline to square up to the ball carrier. He says, I for one, Zach, cannot wait to see how Vic Fangio and Ed Donatel can use this new chess piece to make plays all over the field. The Broncos secondary is not complete yet by any means, but Jackson is a huge addition that should make this unit a lot more dangerous this year compared to last. And one of the things, Zach, that I noticed reading this this film piece and the and the actual plays he broke down is, I mean, he can line up as a cornerback. You want him on the outside, fine. But he's actually a phenomenal, phenomenal nickel corner who can hang with these shifty short area slot receivers and turn on a dime when they're breaking across the middle of the field. He's pretty impressive, even at 31 he is and he's consistent year in and year out and that's why I'm surprised
0: the Broncos even got him Chad we talked about multiple times Kareem Jackson that I thought anyway he would resign with Houston the fact that he hit the open market and the Broncos got him for a fairly good price I feel like it, it's basically a two year $23 million deal they have an out after the 2020 season uh, he's counting only $6 million against the cap this year Bradley Roby counted over $8 million last year um, and they're introducing him as a corner but as you said he can play safety He's 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 a great tackler, very aggressive hitter. For any Broncos fan who hasn't seen it, there's a video on Twitter of him just lighting up a Broncos player. Um, That's what Vic Fangio covets. That's what he wants. He said tackling is non-negotiable, and that's maybe why he opted for someone like Kareem Jackson over Adrian Amos. I mean, he has his preferences, but this is a good
2: fit for the Broncos. It's an upgrade for Denver's defense, and it's going to help them win right away. Huge, huge upgrade over Bradley Roby, and it's ironic how they were like two ships passing in the night, right? Uh, you got Jackson going to Denver and Roby going to Houston. And even though – The trade. You, yeah, almost like a trade. But you look at it on the surface and you think, oh, well, you know, he, Roby's going to the place that's probably set up to win more now. But I don't necessarily think so. Like, John Elway is absolutely convinced that the Broncos are are going to compete this coming season with Joe Flacco. We'll talk more about that here probably in segment number two. But, but yeah, I'm really excited about what Jackson brings to the table all the different ways the Broncos can use him. And as it relates to Adrian Amos,
1: everything we heard from behind closed doors
2: Sources from our sources around the league was that the Broncos were literally had a deal in place. Amos was coming to Denver, and at the 11th hour, who was it? Green Bay. I'm, I'm sorry, yep. I'm operating with like 10% brain power right now. But Green Bay jumped in at the last minute, and there was this revenge factor because Amos felt like that the, the Bears kind of disrespected him. They made him a single offer early on in this process. It was like one year, four million bucks. Then he hits the open market and sees all this money going to the safeties. And so that kind of pissed him off, and he ended up – the Broncos kind of – they thought, well, as much as we'd like Adrian Amos and we're gonna we're willing to pay him, you know, here's the thing. We just got Kareem Jackson, and Kareem Jackson can do a lot of the same things that Adrian Amos can, even as a strong safety. Now, Amos is a strong safety, but Jackson can do all those same things. I mean, he's a ferocious hitter. He's a disciplined tackler. He's an aggressive tackler. So, you know, the Broncos can – also, mind the, the depth of the roster they have now, Zach. you got Justin Simmons as your free safety projected starter, and it's looking more and more like we'll see what happens as some of these other free agency dominoes fall, but it looks more and more like to me, Zach, that the Broncos are really going to kind of give 2019 as the year for Will Parks to say, hey, look, you're going into a contract year, both you and Justin Simmons. Here's your opportunity to be a bona fide starter. Let's see if you can make some money for yourself.
0: Yeah, that's a great point, Chad. And the fact that they haven't shown any interest in either Adrian Amos or Earl Thomas or Eric Berry, who just got cut, to me, says they're confident in, in Will Parks, confident in Sua Cravens, even perhaps in DeMonte Thomas. They have a good nucleus of young safeties on the roster, and who better to get the talent out of them than Vic Fangio and Ned Donatel. One more thing, though, as it relates to Kareem Jackson. Um, today, even, Vic Fangio said he gave an interview with, I believe it was the Broncos' official you know, uh, in-house media outlet. And he said him and Elway both watched tape of the free agents and the players that they agreed on collectively, those are the players they targeted. So to me, that says that they disagreed on Adrian Amos Mm -hmm. and they agreed collectively on someone like Kareem Jackson. To me, that stood out, but they're definitely not done adding to it. That secondary is barren right now. Uh, And Kareem Jackson was just the first domino to fall.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's it's definitely a leg up over where they were, but... They need to add some pieces, and the draft's always going to be there, you know, here in a month and a half or so. But they there's some good players still out there on the market, and from what we've heard, you know, I've checked around, the Broncos are definitely not done. Now, let's talk about the other signing that came at the 11th hour, Monday night, in the form of the Denver Broncos making Jawan James the highest-paid right tackle in Denver. The NFL on an average per year basis so
1: mm-hmm.
2: we knew they were interested there was uh, the Broncos in fact almost acquired him via trade last offseason didn't happen but now they get their guy to step in and their book ended I mean basically the next three years because they still control Garrett Bowles for 2019 2020 and 2021 if they fifth year option him so for the next three years at least they have what they believe is their starting bookend tackles, and Juwan James is still young. He's just hitting his stride, and one of the big factors of him ending up making a deal with Denver was the fact that Chris Cooper is here, who was an assistant O-line coach in Miami last season, and then, of course, the allure of co- of, of working and, and playing under Mike Munchak's. And, and for any Broncos
0: fan who's wondering if, or who's asked me on Twitter, Twitter. He's playing right tackle. Garrett Bowles will play left tackle. They're not switching those positions, nor should they. Uh, they're both good where they are at. And I thought this was a, a great, great deal by Elway. Even though he overpaid just a little bit, that's the way the market goes. But it's only an $8 million salary cap hit, and they can get out of the contract after 2020. It's essentially a two-year, $34 million contract. And to me, one wrinkle that I noticed is that the dead cap is at $27 million, $19 million the first two years. Then it plummets to 6 and three. So he's going to be the star of the next two years. That's what we know for sure. If he busts, they can get after it, get out of the deal, excuse me. But it's a massive upgrade on Jared Valdir. They finally have stability, and the Broncos are paying for potential. They're giving him a little more money, and they're setting that bar high because they think his best is yet to come. Under Mike Munchak, under Chris Cooper, um, he's already one of the better uh, tackles, right tackles in the league already in, in Miami. Coming to Denver now with his coaching staff and with this responsibility, they are hoping his plateau hasn't come. And they're hoping that his
2: potential is just realizing. And one thing in terms of the implications of these two free agent acquisitions for the overall, 10th overall pick in the draft, corners certainly not off the the table. The Broncos still could take a corner at pick 10. But James pretty much ensures that there will not, it was highly unlikely to begin with, but the James acquisition pretty much wipes off the possibility of the Broncos taking an offensive tackle. At pick 10, but quarterback's still on the board. We started to hear a lot more buzz that, for example, the NFL itself, front offices, GM, scouts, are a lot higher on Drew Locke than media is. So there's a good chance your boy from Mizzou is not going to be there anyway, <laughs> Zach, at pick 10.
0: Yeah, I mean, as it's going now, he might even go to the Raiders. That might be a surprise team for him. I think Derek Carr is not long for Oakland. But, yeah, quarterbacks always rise, and he's quietly becoming the cream of this crop with respect to Kyler Murray, who's probably a shoo-in to go number one overall. And they, But Broncos have other holes, though. One that stands out to me right now is inside linebacker. They've completely ignored Chad. I mean, C.J. Mosley, Jordan Hicks, Quan Alexander, they're not even touching K.J. Wright right now. They don't have a starter. They have Todd Davis and Josie Jewell. They need a sideline-to-sideline, three-down, pass-covering inside linebacker. Whether that's one of the Devins in the draft or someone else, uh, they can't neglect this position. So, yeah, yeah, offensive tackle, it's off the board. Quarterback, they might not get one, but they have other positions they can address. Inside linebacker, safety, the secondary, uh, They can tight end they can go after. They're still in good position now.
2: There are a few players still available at off-ball linebacker that could fit the Fangio scheme that we have heard at Mile High Huddle 24-7 Sports that the Broncos have, have been connected to or have shown interest in. And that includes, in terms of the ones who are still available, K.J. Wright, Seattle Seahawk. The Redskins released Zach Brown. He could be one. Mm-hmm. Mark Barron, the converted safety, who's been playing off-ball linebacker for the L.A. Rams. So there's still a few guys out there that the Broncos could bring in. But it does surprise me because, I mean, I know that they kicked the tires and were were very much engaged in the C.J. Mosley sweepstakes. But as soon as that deal was given to Quan Alexander, it priced them out of the C.J. Mosley game. And I don't blame him. Just like we talked about on that podcast on Monday, Zach, $17 million for an off-ball linebacker. I mean, that's the type of money you pay to franchise-changing players. And as good as C.J. Mosley is, is he really going to move the needle for your franchise? Where'd he sign? The Jets, right? Do you really see that move, being able to move the needle in the same way that If you were, for example, usually you see that kind of money paid out to like elite edge rushers who are pressuring the quarterback, sacking the quarterback, creating turnovers. I mean, Von Miller might be able to make the the needle move if he were that type of uh, acquisition by the New York Jets. But I don't see it happening with C.J. Mosley. I mean, he'll bolster that defense, but he's not going to take them to the next level. And yet he's going to be on the books for some big dollars. But what's more surprising to me,
0: not that they didn't sign Mosley, they have no interest, Chad, publicly in any of these linebackers. They have not been linked to them, rumored to them, speculated about. Uh, it, they're neglecting it, and it could be a, a way of tipping their hand that they want to address it in the draft with one of the Devons or someone else. Maybe they're comfortable with Josie Jewell and Todd Davis. We don't know, uh, but there was it was a very deep ILB class in free agency, and for the Broncos not to be connected or bandied about to any of them, uh, to me, that, that speaks volumes.
2: Yeah, probably what will happen, I'm still keeping my fingers crossed for K.J. Wright, but probably what will happen is the Broncos will wait till you know, literally the tail end of free agency when some of these free agents start getting desperate, kind of like they did with Darian Stewart in 2015, and find those guys who are scheme fits that they can come in, you know, sign for two years, five million bucks, those type of deals that might not work out. But project at least on the surface to fit Fangio's scheme, but they're maybe not necessarily going to be the the second or even third wave free agents that are still available out there in terms of the higher profile guys. You know, they'll end up probably being more under the radar guys. But to your point, Zach, I mean, we were there. Vic Fangio said at the combine that when he was asked specifically about Josie Jewell, he said he's very confident in Josie Jewell. So, you know, we've had guys like Benjamin Albright on the show, and he's talked about. You know, Todd Davis being a downhill two-down two thumper, basically, and how Josie Jewell's a run-funnel linebacker, and they need a linebacker who can go side-to-side side and turn around and run with tight ends and receivers over the middle. But maybe they believe that Josie Jewell has more of that in him than the previous coaching staff was able to extract,
0: Or or maybe they believe they can get out of Sua Cravens, who showed that in 2016. Maybe Fangio has a plan there, but they can't keep ignoring that position that's plagued them for so long. They want to move on from Brandon Marshall and replace him with who? I mean, they don't really have anyone in mind. So if they want to pick up K.J. Wright, that's one thing. But I would even still bolster that spot in the draft. They need youth there. They need a game changer, Chad. That's that second layer of defense. They have good players up front, good players in the secondary, obviously great pass rushers. The only thing they're missing, the weakest link for the last couple years, has been that off-ball linebacker. They need that game changer. And to your point about the talent being out there, one name that's still available that baffles me is Bryce Callahan. And I've heard rumors that his medicals are bad. Hmm. And I'm surprised the Broncos haven't gone after him. But after hearing that, um, I can see why his teams are staying away. So yeah, th- this free agent market is not over with just yet. They can still make their moves, but the big splashes I think are done.
2: So we still have a lot to get to and talk about today's show. A few more topics we want to digest and dive into before we get out of here. But first we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. All right, Zach. So, I think we've pretty much touched on everything we need to for now with being kind of a limited time format for today on what the Broncos have done so far in free agency. Let's touch on a little bit what took place, some of the quotes that came out of Wednesday with these acquisitions and trades, et cetera, finally being officially closed and consummated. And the first thing I want to talk about here is what John Elway said publicly to Mike Kliss about Joe Flacco. He said, quote, now this, of course, is the first day that Elway or anyone who officially represents the Broncos could speak about Joe Flacco because it's now officially in the books. It's a done deal. He's a Bronco. Here's what Elway said, quote, We looked at what we want to do offensively, which is get the ball downfield and Joe's availability. The success he's had as a starter and in the playoffs, we thought he would be a perfect fit for us. Close quote. That's from Elway. Now, do you think, Zach, reading between the lines there, Elway I mean you've you've kind of been hammering home on this quite a bit you're you're still skeptical but Elway clearly believes that the Broncos are going to be able to win some games with Joe Flacco he believed he's getting the
0: Flacco of old, it seems like, and not the Flacco who's just benched for a rookie or lost his, lost his job to a rookie. And he, he points to his, his winning percentage and, and, and that's great and all. But what has he done lately? What is, what is he going to do now? I'm still skeptical and I will be. And I don't expect Elway to say anything different than what he said, Chad. He's going to talk this acquisition up. He's had a month to think about it now, a month to sit on it. He obviously likes Joe Flacco. Flacco reminds Elway of himself. Big, tall quarterback, big arm, uh, very successful, one of the biggest stage of the sport. I, I just, I, it's all fluff to me right now. I, until the games start counting, until I at least see him on the
2: field, Chad, in a Broncos uniform throwing a ball, to me it's all fluff. The one stat that matters, Elway says, has he won? And he has won. Joe might not be the flashiest guy, but he's been very successful, and I think he'll be very successful with us too, close quote. So we'll get a, an early look. At Joe Flacco as the Denver Broncos are in fact just like we've been telling you the buzz at the Combine the Broncos are going to be playing the Hall of Fame game which Zach you reported on uh, against the Atlanta Falcons
0: yep August 1st in uh, Canton when they uh about to induct Pat Bowen and Champ Bailey the Broncos did get that game and yes Chad we did hear that at the Combine it was a done deal then but the opponent uh, was waiting to be determined the NFL was dragging its feet but it did come together. The Broncos will have five preseason games. They're going to start training camp a week early now, and we'll get an earlier look and an earlier glimpse at the 2019 Broncos with the Vic Fangio. They also start their offseason program on April 1st, so football is actually right around the corner.
2: All right. So the other thing here is Case Keenum is officially gone. He is a Washington Redskins. Uh, he is a Washington Redskin, <laughs> and uh, so that's done. The Broncos wash their hands of Case Keenum, but. They're going to be feeling it a little bit. He's got $7 million in dead money the Broncos have to eat this year. But uh, at least they were able to exercise that particular demon and move on. They pretty much paid Keenum to go away. And that says a lot as
0: to how much they think they couldn't win with him. And they believe in Joe Flacco to pay him all that money. And um, he did well for him, I guess. And, and he didn't come close to what he was going to offer. And, and he didn't come close to justifying his contract. But they gave it a shot. Didn't work out, and the Broncos were lucky
2: to walk away not totally killed in their pocketbook. So let's now talk about what's left for the Denver Broncos. Now, you were tweeting about this earlier on Wednesday. The Broncos have to allocate—now, we're going to get to cap space. I'm looking at it on over the cap, which is always the most accurate. But you were tweeting about this. The Broncos have to allocate—what is it? $8 million and some change to the draft yeah. class, right? Yeah. And that's if they end up making every selection that they currently have, which isn't a guarantee— they could end up with less, they could end up with more because of trades and things that go down that you can't necessarily foresee in March. So as it stands, though, you factor in the cap hit of Juwan James for 2019 is only, I say only, but compared to his overall value of his deal, his cap hit this year is eight million. And for Kareem Jackson, it's six million. So when it's all said and done, what the Broncos have left to work with, according to overthecap.com, is twenty point three million dollars. So you can see, I mean, you looked at the big money, I mean on an average per year, Kareem Jackson's at eleven million. Uh Juwan James was what was it, Zach? Thirteen and some change million, right? Mm-hmm. So the Broncos though, they have one of the best cap wizards in the NFL in Mike Sullivan. They can get creative. So let's just say for the sake of argument, the Broncos have somewhere in the neighborhood of twelve to thirteen million of available cap space that they can continue to spend in this free agent period. So it will be interesting, Zach, to see what unfolds. Because before I jumped on this pod, I made some overtures, reached out to a few guys, saying, "Hey, what's going on, man? It's been all quiet on the Western Front with the Broncos. Are they done? I mean, did they get their two guys, and now they're focusing on the draft, or what?" And every guy I talked to came back with me, came back to me with a, "Oh no, they still got some some moves up their sleeve. They're just waiting for certain things to settle. So they got some coin to spend those, Zach."
0: Yeah, even taking away the money they'll devote to the rookie class, they have enough to add a mid-tier free agent or trade for one or whatever. They, they're not done yet. They're going to add, I think, one or two more players, and Elway always looks likes to put some money aside for a rainy day. This is how he operates. They're not going to cut the cap that close. But one thing they can do, though, to free more space is extend Chris Harris Jr., which to me is a no-brainer move. Derek Wolf, that's another extension candidate who we talked about, Chad. And maybe move Emmanuel Sanders or restructure there. And that frees up additional millions of dollars. You can add another player. You can extend a player. You can do whatever with. So they have some flexibility left. It's not a lot, but they have enough to where they can add to the roster, and I think they will over the next
2: week or so. All right, so you heard it. That's that's what to look forward to. And I think it's really interesting how Fangio is kind of imprinting on this process for the Broncos. And Zach, you referenced it earlier in the podcast, but here's the direct quote to Mike Kliss that Fangio gave in regards to working with Elway on free agency. He said, quote, We talked. When I got here, John and his guys had opinions formed on the market already. We went to work and watched them. When we matched up and saw players the same way, we got excited, and those were some of the guys we went after. And so they've only come away with two, but they've been in the, the game with other guys, including Adrian Amos, and I know initially on C.J. Mosley before things got ridiculous. So... They've got their guys still on the board, Zach, that they're going to be paying attention to and seeing how some of these chips fall. But don't rule out, you know, they've seen three guys, right? They've seen three of their own sign with other teams, including Matt Paradis with the the Panthers. We already touched on Bradley Roby going to Houston. And then Billy Turner with the Green Bay Packers. So they still have about 10 more unrestricted free agents who, you know, when things start getting tight toward the end— the main guys I think to watch of that group that could be re-signed and brought back are Peco Jeff Hyerman, and probably Zach Kerr as possibilities. Not necessarily shoe wins but guys who at that point are going, man, we thought we were going to have maybe more of a market out there. Yeah, you know, we'll take vet minimum type deals or you know incentivized type deals. In the case of a guy like Hyerman who's just struggled to stay healthy, I'm a bigger fan of Hyerman than a lot out there because we saw that once he. Got to starter status this past season. He had that big game. I think it was the Texans with ten receptions. I mean, he's got some. He's got some ability. He's kind of a one-trick pony, but it wouldn't surprise me, especially Zach, where he's a former third-round pick of the team. If the Broncos end up making nice and bringing Hireman back on like a very team-friendly two-year deal.
0: Yeah, two more names to throw out there are uh, Matt Lacoste. And uh, Shaq Barrett, who I would love to have back on a reduced rate. I think he'll land a multi-year deal. It won't be lucrative, but he'll land a multi-year deal somewhere. I would love to have him back. But one thing to me about working with the, the roster and the construction of it, the personnel, Vic Fangio, you can tell LA actually respects him on a personal level and as a professional. And I, as I touched on before in previous pods, I don't think he had that respect with Vance Joseph. So the fact that they're brainstorming and collectively working together – And whether that means missing out on a player that Fangio liked or Elway liked, it's for the betterment of the team. And to me, that's encouraging. And it makes me love the Fangio hire that much more.
2: Yep. Excellent. Excellent point. And the thing to remember with Shaquille Barrett is I think we all expected him to have a lot stronger market out of the gates. But I mean, you look at his past two seasons, he's got seven combined sacks. So you can look at that as a front office guy and go, oh, we're dealing with some untapped potential here. But you can also look that he's, he's played a significant number of snaps in a rotational role, and that's nothing to sneeze at. I mean, last season, even three sacks, that's, that's nothing to sneeze at when the starters are combining for almost 27 sacks between Vaughn Miller and Bradley Chubb. So I think Shaq Barrett, like you said, will end up with a multi-year deal somewhere. But don't rule out him just saying, you know what, screw it, I'm going to come back for one more year in Denver and see what I can get done.
0: Yeah, I also have a strong feeling the Broncos will bring back a couple of their own in-house free agents. You mentioned Zach Kerr. I think that's a possibility because they need, like you said, Chad, on the previous pod, just a pure run stuffer to clog the middle and to and to shift the run toward the linebackers and the linemen. So Zach Kerr or Pecco, they need someone in the middle there. They're going to bring back a few of their own guys. And and of the group we mentioned, there's some talent there that this coaching staff can take better advantage of on the last staff.
2: Yeah, and I think it was actually a conversation we had off pod, and it's worth worth mentioning before we get out of here because we're running out of time, but basically, even though Vic Fangio and Wade Phillips run both a 3-4 system, from a front perspective, the biggest difference is that Wade Phillips' front, his down linemen, their job is to one gap and penetrate. And, and whereas with Vic Fangio's defensive front, his three down linemen, their job is more to, I mean, if they can penetrate and get in there, great. You know, that's kind of gravy, but it's more about them holding up at the point of attack, consuming blocks, which allows the linebackers to be more prolific and swarm and make the tackles. So that's why the Broncos out of the gate sack, they were really in on Jonathan Hankins before the Oakland Raiders re-signed him. So Domotop look, I'm on record as saying I thought he had a phenomenal first year in Denver, Pro Bowl caliber year in 2017. I thought he took a little bit of a step backward in 2018, but if you're looking for a prototypical nose tackle for Vic Fangio's scheme, I know he's long in the tooth, but a guy who can hold up at the point of attack, consume one or two blocks, and allow linebackers to, to flow and, and make the tackle— I mean, he's a pretty good option in that regard from a prototype perspective. And, Zach, I can't imagine him costing a whole heck of a lot of money. No, a one-
0: or two-year deal, a couple mil a year, if that, low guarantees. I mean, he's a great, great locker room guy. And he still functions at a high level. To me, bring him back and draft a guy in the middle rounds and problem solved. You have his replacement. You have the guy holding the fort right now. and You have two guys who can clog the run. You don't need them to be sack masters or all pros. Just clog the running lanes. That's it. So, yeah, I'm a big proponent of bringing back Pecco. And it actually might happen the longer he languishes on the open market.
2: Well, that's going to do it for today's podcast. You guys, here's what to look forward to. It's Thursday. If you're listening to this pod, who knows? It might be Wednesday night. We might publish it Wednesday night. But either way, Friday, obviously, is when we usually do our VIP mailbags. Now, we're not going to be doing that this week because of me being under the weather and it's just the way things are going this week. I don't want to tempt fate, but there will be a podcast for you waiting when you get up on Friday morning from building the Broncos. And it's going to be a phenomenal pod breaking down the Devons, right? Devin White and Devin Bush. They got a couple of great guests on that particular pod. It's a phenomenal, compelling conversation that you're going to learn a lot. Uh, on So stay tuned for that Friday. And then Zach and I, we're going to wait for even more of these dominoes to fall, the dust to settle. We're going to reconvene Sunday night to drop a, a phenomenal podcast for you on Monday morning that you can start your week with on a bang. But in the meantime, make sure you're following the show on Twitter at HuddleUpPod. Make sure you've taken some time, if you haven't, to leave that creative review on iTunes. Give us a five-star rating. You can find Zach on Twitter, at Kelberman247, myself, at Chad and Jensen. Guys, even though we're not podcasting on Friday, it's not like we're falling off the face of the earth. So make sure you spend plenty of time on the website, reading the articles we're going to be publishing, on the forums, engaging in the community where we're going to be dishing out everything we pick up on the Broncos. So there's going to be plenty of content. But the podcast, Huddle Up, won't be back till Monday. So in the meantime, hang in there. For Zach Kelberman, I'm Chad Jensen. We'll talk to you soon.
1: You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.